Hello guys and welcome back to season 3 of NBA Reels. Keeping it real with you I'm Pranav and I'm Arvind. And so I know it's been a while since we've uploaded on this channel and we apologize for the hiatus we took but we had a couple reasons of doing so but we're glad to be back and with a bang this season as last year's playoffs were really really exciting and we can't wait to talk to you guys about that and what we're looking forward to seeing in this season. So, can we get started? Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking back at last year's playoffs, um I've been watching the playoffs consistently since uh 2017 and uh, this I I truly have to say that the last year the 2022 playoffs were one of the best playoffs I've ever seen. Right from round 1 we had entertaining upsets right from the Celtics versus the Nets and even the Pelicans putting up an amazing fight against the Suns in the very first round. Um I mean it all ended up with um, you know uh, the Warriors winning it all but um, I'm not really a huge fan of the Warriors um but uh, you really got to I mean you really have to admit that uh, you you really can't argue against how great a team they were last season and uh, especially with the Celtics giving up a good fight as they did uh you know I really wanted uh, the Celtics uh, to win last season but what do you think Pranav Yeah I mean you're right about Golden State not really being one of our favorite teams as you know they've humiliated yeah. our favorite teams in the past and won yeah. a lot of championships by doing so they Steph won his fourth ring and his finals MVP which people yeah. are making a lot of fun about not having right so now now do you think like LeBron and Steph are comparable <laughs> I mean come on how, how can you compare LeBron and Steph like opposite they are poles apart I mean you can't compare them with their resume or their accolades or anything I mean both of them have four rings that's the only um, common factor but um, I mean Robert Horry has seven rings but we don't call him better than Michael Jordan now do we So yeah very it's, it's, it's not uh, all about the rings but um, I mean they're no way close <laughs> Yeah but looking at um, his season last year and the playoffs I would say that right now in a couple years steph curry has the opportunity to be put in that upper echelon with like a lebron james type player and Definitely. i think last year steph steph really proved that um the comparisons between him and durant have to end because as draymond said when I mean, kd left yeah. the season that he left they don't need him do you think like they really needed him to win the championship i mean it was pretty evident that they didn't i mean but um, the grizzlies lost jaw in the middle of the second round when they play the warriors so i'm really leaning towards potential um what if that uh, i mean that the grizzlies might have you know defeated golden state in the second round and uh, i don't know what would have happened in the um, conference finals if they had to face the mavericks but i i i definitely feel that the, the grizzlies would have at least taken it to 7 like definitely yeah sure. that, that's that's a good point and also i feel like we're missing out on one of the hugest upsets when you mentioned that um, the pelicans put up a good fight i mm-hmm. could only think about the mavericks that upset going 7 i mean going 7 in the first place was still something i didn't expect but then them blowing yeah. them out in a game 7 where luka doncic outscored the whole suns team was something that i never thought i would look at in my whole life I thought the Suns were legitimate contenders. I thought they would challenge the Warriors, right? I mean, CP and Booker were going off. Chris Paul was considered an MVP candidate. Booker was uh, putting a lot of tweets saying he is underappreciated or something. And then he bombed in the biggest game of the season. 
I mean, his the, the biggest game of his career, if I may, because I mean that was an absolute disaster. I mean, come on, how can you blow another two-zero lead in the second round against a Maverick team that has nobody except uh, Luca? I mean, uh, Bronson was pretty good. Bronson was very actually really good. Uh, but still, I mean, you're playing game seven. You were up three-two. You're having a game seven at home. It just doesn't get better than that. I mean, everything's on a platter. How how do you? I mean, let alone lose. That is the greatest game seven loss in NBA history. Yeah, how I mean, you go from being up to and being the first seed in the conference with sixty four wins, being such an absolute disaster in game seven. Like that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, and looking at how the build up to that went, them being up three two, and then Luca saying everyone's. um acting tough when they're up yeah, that yeah. that is a legendary moment i think this cemented luka doncic's legacy for years to come like looking at all the I active mean, players in the nba he has a lot NBA, to prove but uh, yeah i mean as far as his early career goes it is definitely his statement he, that he has made yeah i mean looking compare his trajectory to lebron james right i mean lebron did a lot of uh, un unmitigated sorry um lebron did a lot of unthinkable things with that cavs squad cavs squad that had no business making it to a few mm-hmm. finals yeah. a few conference finals but again yeah i mean you're looking at um, upsets this was probably the biggest one of the last year's playoffs but is it though the first round with the celtics and the nets who did you think would win that round before the playoffs did you think that the celtics would win in four definitely not i i thought the celtics would probably win in um, six Six, six or seven, probably. But I, I still think the Nets had a chance if it went to seven. But no way, no way did I ever think that the Nets would get swept in such a fashion. So definitely not. Yeah, I mean, and them getting swept, that too, with KD getting clamped in the first first three games, and then him showing up quite a bit in game four, but his teammate not really doing much in the end was something that I never. expected from someone like durant and irving because before the playoff series started i was one to say that the nets would definitely win because i mean i knew that the celtics were a really good team and they did they have a lot to be appreciated but the nets were the only team in the playoffs last season to get swept and that itself shows you what kind of a impossible situation that was for someone like kevin durant like before the playoff started everyone thought that they were a sleeper to maybe you know make a conference finals or something like that because you look at the east and out of the top 4 teams say contenders i would probably have to say that philly if healthy miami healthy milwaukee and then i would have picked the nets who else do you think we would have picked it was definitely not the celtics I remember us releasing an episode uh, with the with the Nets. I mean, on the Nets, pretenders or contenders, and so many people were mad at us for calling the Nets pretenders. Yeah, I mean, but we were right about but, that. Uh, but yeah. we couldn't have known that they were going to yeah. get swept, right? I mean, I kind of thought that they would definitely take it seven and lose, maybe because they didn't have the depth required to beat a team like the Celtics. But yeah, again, and another and another real thing that I didn't like about the East playoffs was. was Miami's underdog mentality and where it took them they were one shot away from the nba finals and you know what if maybe they had made it to the finals they had the kind of defense and the kind of versatility to maybe play golden state a little bit better than the celtics but you know i might be wrong they did not have the size celtics what do you mean size like better matchup yeah yeah see 
Al Horford could stretch. I'm not saying Bam couldn't, but Horford was a much better player than Horford. The I mean than Adebayo the entire uh, postseason, and uh, he has a lot more experience. And the Celtics system, I I feel was just okay. It was equal. Okay, it was equal to the system that Miami had, but I I I still feel that you know the three point shooting that the Warriors had. they would need something similar to that to even match them and miami didn't have that miami did not have that three point shooting with them the celtics were pretty good everybody could shoot but that was not yeah, the case yeah that's an the interesting miami point heat. though but you look at miami system right the one reason why i think miami would have been a better matchup not looking at raw stats or like three point percentage because i think when you get to the finals everything like that stops like mm-hmm. i remember last year's finals where uh, booker had 31 points while making zero three pointers and essentially when you're at that point of the game they know to defend the three so if you look at miami's versatility they have an alpha they have someone like jimmy butler who can take over when needed you you remember his performance against lebron right in the 2020 yeah, nba finals yeah. and they didn't the boston celtics didn't have that guy they shut down tatum and then brown didn't have the green light from udoka to do whatever he wanted and that really cost them because tatum couldn't do anything and they had to depend on a lot of other players like Marcus Smart and all to perform and that didn't help them i mean but we while we're still on the topic of the Miami Heat we really have to mention uh, the monster game that Jimmy Butler had against the Celtics in game 6 in Boston that was one of right yeah, yeah. that was reminiscent of uh, the 45 points lebron had against the Celtics in Boston in 2012 so you know 10 years apart history just probably repeated itself but yeah that was that was again that saved the season for the Miami Heat so uh, it was that was pretty sad that you know Jimmy couldn't pull it off in game 7 but yeah i mean you know, yeah i mean he had 47 mm-hmm. yeah honestly i would pick jimmy butler as the best player in the playoffs last season other than probably you know Steph Curry mm-hmm. but if you look at just raw stats i feel like that does not justify butler right again his 47 yeah. was insane but what he brings to a team is way more than that like if you look at jimmy against say the sixers in the previous round right mm-hmm. you you wouldn't have bet on him just off oh he'll give me 30 points he'll give me 20 points he will bring you that mentality on offense and defense that will just whittle down the opponent and then give you that slight edge over them like i mean harden didn't play really well against the heat right i mean he had that one good game where he put up uh, 31 points i think and a couple of clutch threes to win the game in uh, game 4 yeah. but then they didn't have anyone and embiid was also injured so in that kind of a matchup harden is in my opinion as good of a player as butler it's just that he didn't have that mentality to take over like butler did i mean i, I don't think harden was full, fully healthy either so really can't uh, yeah but i'm not going to sit here and make excuses for him or the team right yeah yeah that's the yeah and other than that i feel like the rest of the playoffs was a lot of showing up in moments that we didn't expect them to like for example i i definitely did not expect uh, the pelicans to be really good without zion williamson after the cj mccollum trade i felt like cj's potential was really high in portland but i didn't think he would be this good of a player which is why i think the pelicans are one of the most interesting teams this season cj combined with how brandon ingram was playing playing uh, during the playoffs they the both of them were a deadly combo i did not expect brandon ingram to be that good in his first ever playoff series 
I mean, he was he was shooting fadeaways left, right, and center, and he was getting to the rim. He was attacking. He was playmaking a little bit here and there. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, without Zion, I didn't expect the Pelicans to take the Suns to Game Six. Um, I mean, Yosei uh, uh, Alvarado was pretty good on defense. Um, and, uh, you know, the team just had a vibe to them that showed that they weren't going to go easy. Uh, they weren't going to go easy on the Suns. They weren't going to go home easy. Uh, anything of that sort. So, that mentality that you mentioned that Jimmy Butler had, I, I feel the Pelicans had some sort of element of, the, of that very same mentality. That dogged mentality. Which, you know, yeah, enabled them to make it I feel sense. like that can... That kind of mentality is hard to develop in like a young team, yeah. right? and that's why I feel like they have a lot of things to prove because Ingram is young, mm-hmm. Zion is young, he has so much left to do, and CJ is kind of like that slightly older veteran player who can lead them or guide them in the right direction. But again, it doesn't matter unless you have someone who steps up as the alpha, which I'm not sure if they will have. I hope certainly that Ingram or Zion can show up. And probably be that second star, or or rather even the primary star after, uh, alongside CJ. Mm-hmm. Like one of the actually this makes sense in the context of this playoffs. The Utah Jazz were clearly better than the Mavericks in my opinion. They had the better team, they had the better star, because Luca was missing for the first few games. Yeah. And yet they still lost in six. Why do you think that happened? I mean, see, the Jazz has a very flawed system and they don't learn from their mistakes. At least this is what I feel. Um, I mean, now they don't have... They, they've completely gone to rebuild mode. But when they were having their... I think I'd like, I, I think I'd like you to describe their system to me. Like, I want to know what their system Their system is heavily, because... heavily, heavily dependent on the three ball. Okay? If you, if you okay. remember, they, I think, missed 25 straight threes and... Game two or three, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, with a team that has Rudy Gobert as a center, who can't stretch the floor, who can't make a jump shot for his life beyond 10 feet, if you have a team that is highly dependent on three-point shooting and a player like Rudy Gobert, you really can't, you know, depend on your three ball all the time. Because at the end of the day, going inside the paint or mid-range shots are key to winning games. Because... Down the stretch, when the games are tight, there's like, you know, five minutes left on the clock. You can't really keep jacking up threes all the time. Sure, there are players like Jordan Clarkson who can get to the rim. Spider can get to the rim, obviously. Um, But, you know, players like Royce O'Neal, Bogdanovich, when they were all on the Jazz, they were seen as 3 and D players. 3-point shooters. Right. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were... They were they were role players. They didn't have that skill set to take it to the rim. Yeah. But but then again, what you say makes sense. But Spider should have played a lot better, in my opinion. And Spider, like he is one of the most underrated players in the league. I would pick Donovan Mitchell over Devin Booker any day, just off of skill set alone. But yeah, a lot of people don't look at his bare minimum, and they think because of his dirty playoff losses. But a lot of them came against really good teams. Such as, like, they lost to the Rockets a few seasons. They lost to... The last two seasons, in particular, were the really bad losses. But before that, they went to 7 with the Nuggets in 2020. And that's what, in my opinion, a team shouldn't do. They had that alpha, but they refused to give up that secondary player in Rudy Gobert to make a better team with Mm. Donovan Mitchell. They could have done, like, a Harden-type situation with him, right? They could have just given away Gobert to get, like, a more uh, rim-running big. 
and then had like a five man 3 and D lineup with Mitchell becoming more of a playmaker but then they just failed which is what i don't want the pelicans or the timberwolves or someone really young like the grizzlies to do yeah that's a and even on defense the jazz were absolute trash when they had to play small ball teams because gobert was just lost he he had to like you know stay at the rim he had to go and protect three point line see the games evolved too much for bigs to be you know at the rim at all times if you're a big you have to be versatile yeah. versatile enough to be anywhere on the floor yeah i feel like rodi gobert has to maybe change his game up a little bit but then if you look at defensive rating mm-hmm. the jazz was still a top team in defense when rodi gobert was playing it was just that maybe the rest of the team also did not worry about defense like you look at royce o'neal he's not that great of like a one on one defender he is decent but he's not great the the jazz were heavily reliant on gobert staying near the rim which is why he could not leave the rim as ironic as that is to stretch the floor so now that we've taken a look at last year's playoffs let's focus on what's ahead and in particular what's ahead with respect to both the finals teams that is the warriors and the celtics so these are two teams that made it, made it to the finals and have unfortunately fortunately had a lot of drama so looking at the warriors um we have the incident where draymond green um you know infamously punched jordan pool uh, in practice and uh, we all got the video um, that was leaked by tmz so what do you think about that one yeah i mean i didn't think it was a good look at the warriors it was um, a really bad look coming from someone like draymond who is considered a veteran presence and apparently it was because jordan pool was trash talking too much and believed that he deserved a lot more respect because he went to the finals and it's so ironic right because draymond praised jordan pool for his trash talk and his you know attitude that he thinks so highly of himself that's a really good thing to have i wonder why draymond had to go and be that aggressive about it yeah i mean he draymond green himself is pretty much um, an irritating trash talker so you, uh, you wouldn't really expect this to happen amongst uh, teammates um, especially uh, coming from the practice of the defending champions um, yeah and as you mentioned draymond bring the heart and soul uh, draymond uh, being the heart and soul of the team uh, i really didn't expect him to lose his temperament like that but uh, yeah we'll we'll see how the warriors proceed further especially with um, jordan poole and andrew wiggins having signed huge contracts it's going to be interesting to see how they you know handle the situation while keeping their core intact or whatever because if draymond also wants um, a huge contract might be a problem for the warriors so yeah that's the situation over there and uh, i mean we all know about the celtics drama that was pretty you know messed up yeah i mean if you look at what the warriors should do uh, before we talk about the celtics drama that is in my opinion the warriors core has run its course right they've won a lot of championships they've seen the potential that they could probably reach with the score and so i think they've slowly come to realize that even with just f clay and maybe you know wigs and pool pool might be the future for them and he will replace steph and clay because you saw how steph gave him that free throw trophy right and quite literally i i think that they will be looking to move on from draymond is my point what do you think i mean 
I do. I really don't think the Warriors' score has run its course because they have a lot left in the tank. Is what I feel, especially with um, both Steph and Clay being three-point shooters. They're not three. Uh, they're not really known for their athleticism. So it's not like uh, okay, they're getting old. They won't be able to be as athletic as they were once. No, it's it's not that. That's not their game. And I mean. Sure, you can say with respect to Draymond, um, they might want to move on because he's not much of an uh, offensive contributor. But, um, I mean, in terms of scoring, in terms of uh, playmaking, he's one of the best in the league. But um, I I think they might want to just move on with Draymond and if, if it comes to that, that is. And, you know, just so run it back or keep it going with Stephen Clay for a few more seasons because... I don't think Steph is done, neither is Clay. So, if the Draymond situation gets ugly with money and stuff, they might uh, be more than happy to, uh, you know, let uh, him Yeah, walk and uh, they have him on a player option, I believe, last year, for the next season. So, it will probably take some, you know, negotiation from Draymond to demand an extension from the Golden State Warriors. So, yeah, we'll have to look about that. But then, moving on to the other finals team, that is the Celtics. They had drama in another controversial way, but it had nothing to do with the team players, but with the team coach. In my eyes, after last season, what is when I saw what Udoka could do with the Celtics, he rose to become probably one of the top five coaches in the NBA at this current moment, in my eyes. But then it came out that you know he had all that stuff going on with one of the uh, coaching stuff, and it really shattered my heart to see how the career of someone as good as him could be ruined by doing something so stupid. Yeah, I mean, especially with this being his first full season as a head coach for the Celtics. I mean, I didn't see this coming to an end this soon, at least. I mean, I, I know there is just a suspension for um, a season and he can potentially return the next season. But still, time lost is time lost. I mean, you know, you don't know what changes the team might go through next year by the time he's back. You know, I, I really expected uh, him to run it back with pretty much the same team. With a few changes here and there, but um, you know, the the whole mentality of the team or the coaching staff um, toward Ime Udoka might have changed, is what I feel. So you know, it's kind of messed up how the situation really turned out. Yeah, I mean, dumb yeah, action. and with uh, Bill Russell's yeah. um, untimely passing. Yeah, it's kind of messed up. I mean, I I think the Celtics can you know take it forward from here. They won't. Really, be a tanking team or anything of that sort, obviously. But uh, I don't know if the um, other coach can be as good as Ime. But I don't think the Celtics will be as good, in my opinion, because half the reason why they were winning was because of coaching, right? In the first half of the season, they really struggled last year. So, yeah, we'll have to keep a lookout for the Celtics. But I sincerely hope that they do bounce back because they were one of the surprise contenders yeah. last season. After, you know, I mean, not surprise, surprise, really, but they had a lot of really yeah. good series. But yeah, I mean, and I think now it's best that we move on to more of the new trade acquisitions that a lot of really good teams have made. And the first one and the most exciting one, in my opinion, is Donovan Mitchell leaving the Jazz finally mm-hmm. yeah. to go to Cleveland. I mean, I, I think it's there. an amazing move, especially with Cleveland retaining Garland. It was an absolute steal, in my opinion, because... Uh, prior to the season ending, I, I thought if the Cavs were to make a huge trade for a superstar, they most probably will have to part with either Mobley or Garland or, you know, one of the key players 
but they didn't have to do any of that they 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 have they now have garland and uh, uh, donovan mitchell running the backcourt and it's it's pretty huge for the cavs so i'm really excited to see what they have in store because they have mobley they have allen they have kevin love they're a pretty solid team in my opinion yeah and um, one of the sad things that i saw was them parting with sexton who i who i think was a really really good player in cleveland i remember him beating the big 3 nets and um, really he has a lot of potential still in the utah jazz but then again at this point you're right they had to pick either between future potential with sexton or you know right now potential with darius garland and their team is bloody phenomenal they have a lot of talent and a lot of veteran presence like kevin love is coming off the bench he is so good he's won a championship he did he was part of the 3-1 comeback so yeah i think donovan mitchell will finally reach his true potential when playing with a team as versatile as the cavaliers so yeah let's see how that goes yeah and speaking of trades uh, i'm really excited about um, the trade with the spurs and hawks where dejonte murray was um, sent to the hawks um now they have a solid backcourt with trey and dejonte you know it's one of the best combinations of offense and defense with uh, dejonte being pretty good on defense and uh, trey you know doing trey stuff yeah and looking at the hawks i feel like last season the biggest problem that they faced was that trey was kind of like in a single star situation he was kind of like luka doncic james harden early lebron james type kind of thing where his teammates were also not good but he had to handle the ball and make a lot of things happen right and now if he wishes to dejonte murray is one of the best passers and playmakers in the league and he's perfectly capable of taking it to the rim scoring and a damn good defensive presence at that so maybe if they tweak the system a little bit trey can be as good as he wants while also sharing the load and maybe you know to help him in the post season uh in terms of their potential i'm not really sure where they can go i mean i hope they make the post season but um not sure if i i don't think they're contenders as they stand right now but i truly feel i mean i, I didn't expect that. them to make the conference finals a couple of years ago so anything might happen i i think they're not contenders because they don't have that one key element uh, to win a championship is what is, is what i think i mean I re- you really can't define a key element for any particular team because it might differ from team to team. I mean, I I might be completely wrong, but uh, you know, when when it all comes to playing the finals, you just need that extra player or extra kind of mentality that takes you past all that you can be um faced with. Uh and uh, in terms of Okay, let me focus on defense. Capella is a good rim protector. Dejounte is a good, um, you know, uh, on-ball uh, defender. But in terms of defense, I-, I think Trey needs to, you know, up his game. And just generally, um, otherwise the team is not really known for defense. And we know defense wins championships. So yeah, I, I feel they lack a bit on the defensive side. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. Right, and another really huge move I feel like will tip the Western Conference in a whole another direction is one John Wall, obviously 
taking the buyout mm-hmm. and going to the clippers mm-hmm. and jamal murray coming back we know we know what happened the last time those two teams faced in the playoffs it was back in the um bubble in 2020 um so with did you i mean uh, sorry with jamal murray and uh, mpj coming back for the nuggets and uh, kawai coming back from his injury and the addition of john wall i i truly don't know which team is better because the nuggets after all have the reigning mvp reigning back to back to back mvp so uh it's i i truly feel the clippers we're going to see the best version of clippers we've ever seen i i truly think that happens because they have been pretty upsetting the past few seasons um but yeah i'm interested to see where this all goes because john wall is not has not been known as a consistent player after his uh, recent uh, streak of injuries so and you know how injury prone kawai is i mean at least how injury prone he's been for the past few seasons so we'll have to see we'll have to see uh, how the clippers season pans out and as far as the nuggets are concerned i'm really excited and i'm really hopeful of them making at least the conference finals um or at least the conference semi finals this year because i mean you know the west is too stacked you just can't really tell who might or might not be making even the conference finals it's that stacked right yeah with the reigning champions the nuggets coming back the clippers even say you know i would maybe even say the lakers if they can figure it out and have no injuries are a really good team and then one of the sleeper this is one team that i really wanted to talk about and it is the pelicans what do you think the pelican ceiling is this season but let me tell you this one thing when zion williamson was playing he averaged 27 points did you know that yeah i did and uh, he al- he also was up there with highest field field goal percentage with uh, will chamberlain from not wrong yeah yeah that was such a electrifying season that he played the only problem with zion and i think that we've seen this in the past with a lot of players is that they their bodies aren't exactly getting acclimated to the wear and tear of the nba really fast and it takes them a while to play and for some players they never do but i think when it clicks it clicks and with technology and medicine improving i think the players durability is getting a lot better i mean look at joel embiid right he missed a couple seasons when he was drafted but then he came back and now he is a consistent top 2 mvp finisher yeah and especially uh, with um, clips and uh, uh, zion himself uh, saying that he's lost a lot of weight this season it's it's going to be pretty exciting to see uh, you know a more toned zion williamson and how far the pelicans can go with uh, him being the ro- him being an active part of the roster so that is something i really um, want to see because we don't know how they play with zion like cj brand ingram what their roles will be now that zion has entered the lineup and uh, you know with uh, jonas valanciunas is also being uh, a center I, i i feel zion might take the um power forward role and ingram might be the small forward cj being the shooting guard and but uh, again the pelicans i think will try to stagger these three they will not play ingram zion and cj together for most of the regular season i feel but they will use it as kind of like a death lineup because see i feel like ingram will become their alpha scorer zion will become their kind of like susami if he can do everything and cj can be that ball handler and distributor but 
i think they need someone a little bit more versatile because they don't have that one player who can basically you know dribble the ball end of shot clock situation and give you a bucket i mean ingram is really good but then i want cj to acclimate and pick up that role speaking about weight loss um we even uh, have james harden um saying that he is apparently lost 100 <laughs> pounds but um, yeah i mean jokes apart <laughs> i'm really excited to you know see harden back from an injury like harden being his true mvp self because that's the expectation he has for himself and he is pretty clearly stated that he's you know feeling much better than what he was last season and uh, with doc rivers giving him the um go signal to you know take over and be the playmaker for the team i strongly believe that you know the sixers can go all the way uh, in the east at least and with additions like pj tucker harden you know can feel uh, at home like how we used to uh, with houston and uh, with obviously a player like joel embiid this, yeah and the sky is the limit i feel like the most interesting player on that whole roster tyrese maxey making like such a wave and a lot of noise in the preseason i feel like the sixer situation is really good and i feel like harden bet on himself like you know he didn't have to take the pay cut but he went in and he said that i know i'm i know that i'm that good of a player and i will perform as well as i can but you know what i will prove it to you guys and then you can decide whether i'm worth the money or not and i really feel that even if he's not his say 2018 or 2019 Houston Rockets self he can definitely be the 2021 Brooklyn Nets version of James Harden which was a really really good player and he cared a lot about the team but then again he could score on you if he really wanted to i mean yeah with um, you know as i mentioned uh, PJ Tucker and DeAnthony Melton uh, coming from the Grizzlies for Danny Green um you know they have solid role players they have the main players too it's about you know executing stuff with doc rivers being a controversial coach the past few seasons um you know blowing huge leads and everything i just hope they stay consistent st- play team basketball and you know i hope the superstars take over when it's game time and that was it uh, for this episode guys um so we have season 3 underway and we'll be back soon uh, to talk to you more about a lot of interesting takes that we have and how the nba season is progressing the next few weeks and months and uh, thank you guys uh thank you guys for being such active listeners